Make a move and then she's calling Forest fires, cougars marlin' Take a chance and roll the dice one day If you're a DM player, find you Millennials can join this quest too Expedition, we're gonna find a way I'm just recording an intro for the next episode because I love this song but I can't remember what it's called I'm not going to look it up I'm not going to look it up it sounds like it's a fake 60s song it doesn't sound like a real 60s song but if any listeners know this song please don't leave me waiting This, yeah, this is not a 60s song. This is a 2010 song, isn't it? All right, someone has to tell me. So, yes. The sauce, the liquor that you put on pie and mash is traditionally, Colin, and you know this now, is traditionally made from the stewed eel juice. Stewed eel juice. That sounds like the worst thing on earth. Um, the, um, <laughs> it is the liquid in which the eels are stewed to make the jellied eels. So, um, I knew I was right. Bloody hell, you, you made me doubt myself. I had to go and bloody Wikipedia it. Because after all... <laughs> after all, uh, I am in no way... I, I, I in no way qualify as a true Cockney. Well, well not, even, not even at all. I mean, my dad was. My dad actually was a Cockney strangely enough because he was born within the sound of bow bells but um i don't think there were too many jewish cockneys back then if at all of course now the cockney or more appropriately the mock appropriately the mockney accent or or really to to put a fine point on it the estuarine the estuarine accents accent a sort of hybrid of essex and cockney has become almost the the default accent for anyone um, anyone um, who wants to have a little bit of an edge about them uh, in uh, in the in the southeast so so um, truth be told truth be told i don't i don't think there's any authenticity left really anymore pearly kings and queens eh knees up mother brown you know getting knifed at, at Millwall Football Club that is all you know part and parcel of the Cockney experience you know and authenticity 
authenticity makes makes me think about this topic that has been sort of coming up in some of the calls and some of my thoughts and 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 my general ideas uh, particularly about prepping for these two upcoming campaigns that I've been um previewing the um the Book Hounds of London campaign and this World War Two uh Achtung Cthulhu um punching real Nazis in their real faces campaigns and um you know I there's there's obviously a bit of a problem here with with wanting to make something realistic in a fantastical RPG game because the two things are somewhat at odds and 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 the truth is that that reality <laughs> as many philosophers may have pointed out reality is is not it's not what it's cracked up to be. <laughs> reality ain't ain't what it used to be. Um, reality is actually quite boring, isn't it? Or, or quite tedious, or mundane, or you know, what do they talk about? The the um, banality of evil that that we we create dramatic stories to reflect our experience of, re- of 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 the real world of real events but we we have to make them entertaining and 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 poignant and and powerful and reality usually isn't any of those things is it it's usually boring repetitive dull and, and interspersed with moments of course of joy and, and and pleasure and wonder but but those don't tend to be um connected with grand dramatic things that happen because grand dramatic things that happen that are entertaining to to uh, read and watch and make games about those are not fun things for the people experiencing them they they tend to be pretty awful things um, and so you know uh, the, the best realities the, the realities that we actually want are these boring mundane repetitive comfortable comforting undisrupted lives at least i think that's what most of us want now obviously some people go climbing mountains and deep sea diving and become soldiers of fortune and go and fight in um as mercenaries in in sub-saharan africa but these are the rare and probably quite crazy people to be honest, because, you know, risking your life for pleasure does not seem like something that most people would, would want to do. Now, the idea of there being pleasure and being a mercenary, a soldier of fortune being paid to kill people, that's, that indicates something pretty, pretty dark, I would say. But I'm going off on a tangent here. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> If I try and make these as real as I possibly can and go and do all the research um, about, about the um, common, person, common person's experience of living, um, living on the Kingsland Road in, in the 1930s and I can find that information, I can get first-hand kind of anecdotes from Dad if his memory holds out. He's getting on a bit now. He's, he'll be 96 in June. 
um, but he still has m- quite vivid memories of of, of growing up, and um, you know, I I think I, I think it's a bit it's a bit counterproductive because if I'm going to do all that research and and and, and realism and, and and scene setting. That's just going to get in the way of the of the adventure of the narrative to some some extent, because when you, no, no matter how well researched, for instance, Book Counter London is and Kenneth Hyde is the doyen of research, he of course is creating a dramatised fictional version of that setting and pulling on di- disparate threads to create this rich, melt bubbling stew of of events and places and people and scenes um and reading it reading it again and reading it a few more times it it seems like it's not exactly reflecting 1930s london it is in some ways but it's also drawing on 19th century london as well and and even even looking um you know further ahead somehow with with some aspects of 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 science and discovery and you know the the mythos stuff that that sort of verges into science fiction territory of course always um so you you can't really play a game in an authentic setting because it'll be a pretty boring game for the large part and maybe you know what was it they 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 said about you know star trek or 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 life on a spaceship which is um you know on on a on a exploratory spaceship which is i I can't remember the quite exactly it's something like you know six months of mind-numbing boredom followed by six minutes of utter pant-wetting terror you know that's that's basically the life of a of a starship captain because most of the time nothing is happening and then suddenly uh, you've got Klingons off the starboard bow um, and and you know that's that's a a very action orientated um, sort of setting really you know exploring strange new worlds and all that but um, you know being you know if we're authentically creating book dealers and antiqu- dealers in antiquities in 1930s London you know, <laughs> a lot of it is going to be uh, going and looking at books, <laughs> and that doesn't doesn't. Does, and, and whilst there is an aspect to that, of course, in Call of Cthulhu, I don't think you really want to amplify it more than it needs to be amplified. I think that is for sure. So, yeah, I will keep pondering. I will keep thinking about about how much realism to bring in because it is something that I. I enjoy it in 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 as a spice almost to to enhance the flavor of of the story i th- I think that's how I should use it that's how maybe I think of using it. I think if it becomes the entire meal, I think it could just become a bit a bit monotonous, so having this kind of lurching between the mundane and the real and and the fantastical and the horrific i I think is what probably makes for for a good scenario um and a good game and and a good actual play as well i think you you can't you can't have all all punching nazis all the time because that just becomes boring in itself that just becomes mundane and repetitive um 
Yeah. Hey, Andy, Jason here. Just listened to episode 370, I think, calling in about most embarrassing sexual experience. And that handprint didn't go away for a week. Her father walked in wearing her pantyhose. That poor kitty cat ran through the cornfield. And that's, you know, my most embarrassing experience. Actually, you know, thinking about it, I'm actually at a point now, although I won't recite it here, but if I had been in that call, I, I think I'd be comfortable relaying my most embarrassing experience. That might be because it's maybe not all that embarrassing in the overall scheme of things, but, you, you know, I'm at a point now, old enough now that, you know, I don't get as embarrassed by that stuff. I just accept I'm kind of a knothead is what it is. I think playing up the humans as the as the evil can work, but generally it's probably better in games don't have all the monsters in them. You know, unknown armies, things like that. It's interesting your comment though about you know how World War II's kind of passed out of the general thought process, and, and I think you're right. And, and it's interesting. So both my wife and I grew up in the seventies, and every now and then she'll watch shows that her mom used to watch. Yeah, because her, her mom's passed, and that's when, when she's kind of missing her mom. She'll, you know, watch things that her mom liked to kind of, you, you know, feel in touch. And one of those things is the Carol Burnett show. And so I was sitting with her one day, and she's watching these reruns of the Carol Burnett show. And they had this skit on there, Cafe Argentina, where, you know, Carol Burnett and her friends stop in this new ca Argentinian cafe. And, of course, the waiters, and it's being run by Nazis, right? And, and she didn't get the joke. I mean, she got the slapstick parts of the joke, but she didn't get, you know, why. And because she had never seen, like, the boys from Brazil or, or you know, was just wasn't plugged into where she knew the stories of, like, Nazis escaped to South America and stuff like that. But, you know, I think about things like that, and it's totally out of context now for most people. It's like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, not a good film, where there's uh, something happens with, with a gunfight, and somebody's gun jams or something, and Sean Connery says, oh, it must be Belgian. Well, that goes back to, again, that collective experience that most people don't remember. During the, game, during the days of big game hunting in Africa, you generally had, you, you know, your English arms were, were considered the, the best quality, and German were, were good quality as well. But the Belgian arms were typically not good quality, your Belgian hunting rifles and things like that. And there were more knockoffs of the better British and, and German weapons. And, and that was a common thing and a put down by some of those big game hunters and things like that. When you go and read those books, whether you read Capstick or, you, you know, you read some of these other, you know, the stories of the, the big game hunters. And, and that's kind of what they're tapping into in that movie. But unless you've, you've read those stories or you're familiar with those kind of things, you, you wouldn't know it, you, you know. It, it kind of falls out of consciousness. And I think we see that with a lot of things. Well, hell, with pay phones and all nowadays, right? Superman in the phone booth. Now, how many modern day people can relate to that? Jason, bringing it again. I think he's turning into my, um, well, my, let's make my co-MVP. <laughs> that was someone jumping into a pool, if you heard that splash. That wasn't me dropping a, dropping, yeah, dropping... <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> too much information. Um, 
Yeah, so Jason is my MVP or my co-MVP because really my MVP is my mega fan and there's a bunch of messages coming from him. But, but, um, but Jason, you can always rely on Jason to give good message. Um, you know. Uh, so, yeah. It is intriguing, isn't it? How really widespread knowledge just drops out of humanity it just it just goes because it's not necessary anymore and here is the problem with that being um when that something is world war ii um is that if it does drop out of, of living memory which it will very soon then you know <laughs> a lot of bad bad actors can take advantage of that to minimize and to distort the reality of what really did happen during that war i mean look at how terms such as nazi and communist have been completely turned on their heads corrupted and misappropriated in the last few years and applied in completely wrong ways to groups of people um and they're sort of they're actually redundant expressions now the term nazi and communist are redundant they do not mean anything like what they used to mean um there aren't really any communist governments out there and to be honest there aren't really any Nazis out there. There are just bad people, <laughs> you know, who, who are racist and, and want to beat up Jews and black people or, or, or wipe them off the face of the earth or, you know. But, you know, Nazis were, were a political party formed in, in 1922 in Weimar, Germany. It stands. It was the NSDAP, the Nationalist National Socialist um, Demokratische Arbeiter Partei. Partei. <laughs> I think. I think that's the German. The National Socialist Democratic Workers Party. You know, which which is kind of hilarious when you think about. It. I, I, I'm sorry to use that word, but it's kind of hilarious when you think about it, because none of those things, apart from nationalist um and work well okay but the democratic socialist but even 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 the workers party implies something that it wasn't it's not some grassroots uprising of the oppressed workers it was again a um a bunch of 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 elitists manipulating manipulating the, the, the population, as we see time and time again, um, f- falsely claiming to have the same values of, as those people in a, in a, in a very effective um, attempt, and it seems to work again and again, a very effective attempt to create such hatred of the other that these deluded workers 
will will do things highly highly um, destructive or se- and self-destructive to their country and to their people and to themselves. And it seems to happen again and again. What what is it? How how do these? <laughs> sorry, I'm really going down a political rabbit hole here. How do these elite, clearly elite, um, elite educated, wealthy people? How do they make these connections with your average? kind of working class person and, I, and I'm thinking more about um, the past maybe than, than the present um, because it is very easy to manipulate people now with, with social media but back then I imagine it was, it was harder because everything had to be done through you know face to face like rallies and, 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 and through print media which were still effective you know the propaganda newspapers of, of the 1930s I'm sure were just as effective as, as fake Facebook videos ah boy I really should get away from this realism because it is kind of depressing <laughs> but, um, but yeah so the point being how these things slip out of our consciousness and our memories um that there's there's a quote about memory and and I I can't remember the writer I think it might have been Primo Levi or Derrida or someone writing about Auschwitz and and how um that you can't consign it to the oblivion of of memory um, I don't think that's the exact quote, but but what what he was saying was, you can't just forget about these things uh, over a period of time. And he was writing this, I, I suppose, in the seventies or even eighties, and it wasn't that long after. And he he already sensed that we wanted to just put these things aside; they're too awful to contemplate. Um, and 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 he said, no, you have to remember them you have to almost memorialize them turn them into artifacts that that last because because the tragedy is if we do forget about about these things man this has got heavy i'm gonna stop now because i don't think any of you want to hear this um and maybe i don't even want to be thinking it so let's get on to some light stuff uh, session zero just did uh, some comments. Andy, I think everybody has to make a, a sanity roll for your monster attack around 42 minutes there. That, that's pretty funny. Uh, side question. When are you thinking you might do, I don't know, or maybe you already have done some adventuring for your children? Uh, I did, for my boys, not horror, of course, but I did Dungeons and Dragons for them when my older boy was, what, uh, 13 and my younger one was 7. Anyway, um, uh, this Session Zero is really looking to be amazing. Look forward to listening. Hey Andy, this is for your horror episode. Dave here, hopefully this is a better sound. Uh, Just piping in at the time of you talking about your setting. Here are my three options. 
first of all, spaghetti Western, 70s spaghetti Western, like a Clint Eastwood, so similar to what Scott was talking about, but it's not a horror. It's actually a, a spaghetti Western on the island or in wherever you are. Second, if it's an island, uh, a millionaire who's wanting to buy the island and the play investigators are part of the team, part of the crew, part of the group that are uh, looking at the island for the millionaire, maybe one of them is a millionaire. And finally, the last one is the modern-day pirates, and they're either uh, looking at evading uh, the Navy or something like that. Anyways, thanks. Bye. And just to finish off, the uh, pirate one would be maybe the investigators are either the pirates or maybe they're part of a group that's trying to evade the pirates or they're hostages. And uh, for Barney's benefit, I'm only doing three. That's it for me. Horrors, uh, session zero comment again. It's going to be very interesting to see if you guys can do a non-comedy version because you are all so amazing at doing a comedy horrific version. And as I think, I can't remember who said it, uh, might have been Scott, might have been all of you, they are so close to each other, right? Horror and comedy that they intertwine so nicely. But... Um, Maybe it'll be a minimalist comedy and horrific horror. Once again, looking forward to it. You guys are uh, really coming together. Characters are so much of a contrast and diverse. It'll be interesting to see the interactions. Yeah, funky drama. This isn't funky drama. Unless it is. <laughs> I don't actually... <laughs> I should know what funky drummer sounds like because it is the most sampled James Brown record, I think. Just about every hip-hop record of, of that, of, you know, the 80s, I think. Uh, I can't be sure. I get lots of things wrong all the time. Um, so, uh, a few messages from Dave Henry from a long time ago in response to our session zero which we recorded for Isla de la Muerta which will be coming to your ear holes um not soon soonish soonish um I've actually edited the first um first two episodes but I haven't done the sound effects and the music for them yet but um uh but we still got a bunch of episodes of Ghost Jekyll Kill to come and there is a schedule and you know I I I have a big backlog of stuff that's there ready to release for maybe a time in the future when I just don't have time to edit so they're like my insurance policy so I can't just and and who wants to have a load of stuff dumped on them I mean, some people like that kind of thing, but I, I think most people don't like having a big load of stuff dumped on them. Um, certainly not into your ears. Let's put it that way. But, um, <laughs> God, uh, Dave, Dave, um, coming up with some really, really nifty ideas there. The idea of it being a spaghetti western. 
a spaghetti western <laughs> on a on a Spanish island is quite it's quite brilliant because um, even though they're called spaghetti westerns, they were they were um, mostly filmed in Spain. Um, I think we might have even talked about. I can't remember. It was so long ago. But um, the I, you know, the, um, in Andalusia, Andalusia, um, there's there's still there's still like a western town somewhere, a set that was built by Sergio Leone, um, and that, and they filmed there because, you know, because the landscape is 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 right for 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 those movies. You know, the the landscape of southern Spain always reminds me of the landscape of of western the western United States particularly sort of California and, and, and possibly bits of Arizona as well, but mainly California coastline. And Anyway, great idea. We didn't take it. The idea of a, a millionaire trying to buy the island, sort of, well, you'll see, didn't really, we didn't really follow that, but that, that would have been good. But modern-day pirates, gosh, that's, that's interesting. Great ideas, uh, great ideas, uh, Dave. And... And yeah, coming back to the comedy and the horror, I, I think I've done this topic absolutely to death. Um, but we did, we did try and keep the comedy out of out of those sessions um, to a large extent. But it did keep creeping in because you can't, you can't, you can't really keep be po faced the whole time. That would be just too too impossible, especially with the amazing group of players that I play with in the in the white door sessions so um you'll hear it soon enough I I will probably edit out a lot of the jokey stuff because I do really want to make something that that sounds that that is disturbing and, and and maybe even a bit a bit you know unpleasant to listen to and without much levity but I'll see how it goes maybe I'll just make it too grim um some pretty horrible things that happen in in that campaign um so yeah maybe you do need a bit of levity to balance it out otherwise we we all become a bit gloomy don't we and with this kind of back background music how can anyone be gloomy hey andy dave here just enjoying your uh berlin episode 003 <laughs> the party the investigators are seem to be a little gun shy on the uh, the books. I think uh, either they've been scared before by you or or someone else. I've noticed that uh, in my Dungeons and Dragons campaign, it's uh, totally different compared to uh, Call of Cthulhu. Anyways, I'm using a new microphone, so hopefully this one sounds a lot better. Take care and a great. Uh, hope we had a great Halloween. Cheers. Hey Andy, Dave here. Follow up to the end of uh, episode three, uh, Berlin, the Wicked City. That was awesome. Uh, amazing. Yeah, your investigators and uh, just doing a brilliant job. I'm really loving the uh, the background and the information. I'm gonna. I, I picked up the uh, the adventure or the 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 the, the book. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, reading through that. I have a, a minor in archaeology in the university, and then of course went into computers. So um, again, fantastic stuff. Looking forward to the next one. Take care. Cheers. Yeah, Andy. Thanks for the replies. 
I definitely noticed the efforts are now going into the uh, radio rather than the Grizzly Peaks. But that's totally cool for me. Um, I totally enjoy being on a perch, like, you know, in the next room, listening as you create this world with the investigators taking uh, whatever unique direction and as they they slowly sink into madness and, and their trials and tribulations. Anyways, um, a slight side note for your expedition. That was that module S three was was uh, was one of my favorites when uh, it first came out, and we did a lot of Gamma World and everything back back then. And uh, so music has been spot on. It's I can see your deep appreciation. Can I speak? Appreciation and, and love for it. So, anyways. And now we will close out with a bunch more messages from Dave, who, who just seems to be. I mean, when I, I jokingly refer to him as a mega fan, but it is utterly heartwarming to know that even one person out there really appreciates the amount of work that I and and a few other people put into Grizzly Peaks Radio because it is an immense amount of work um, for for no reward essentially or very little reward. I mean, we do have a Patreon now, which which covers a portion of the cost of putting this thing together but of course doesn't even begin to address the amount of time that i put into it but that that's fine because i'm not doing it in any way as a um uh you know financial uh for the financial incentive or 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 as a business or anything like that i'm doing it purely as a labor of love and that's why i think i put so much time into it because i love doing it even though at times it is it is tedious um, doing the editing um, you know it's it's like that big sort of lump of stuff that you just got to do um, sitting there in your in your uh, well I, I, in your edit window and, and, and when you look at you know you've spent an hour and you've edited 10 minutes <laughs> and you've got another hour and 20 minutes of, of footage uh, of audio footage to get through it, it's kind of like a bit a bit depressing <laughs> to be honest but you get through it and you do it because you want to do it and uh and yeah so so um um henry makes uh, sorry <laughs> dave dave henry his surname is henry i was thinking about henry davis my player um they are sort of uh, mirror twins separated at at um, death and um, so Dave uh, makes some really insightful and interesting and, and, and very welcome comments about about the Berlin game and about masks as well which is which is cool because I get the sense that masks is a little bit of the unloved stepchild um, people don't really call in and talk about it much um, the uh, the download numbers are lower I, I don't think it's anything to do with the quality of the game and 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 the quality of the actual play. I think it's just that there's to date 37 episodes, and I think people actually get a bit put off by these long seasons. And maybe that is a lesson for me that I perhaps shouldn't do these very long campaigns because the numbers for the shorter ones are significantly better. But again, it's like I I, I this isn't. Um, you know, I'm not doing it also for the listener numbers. Other than that is very gratifying um, 
just knowing that at least some people would like the the content is is the is the critical thing you know i'd rather have five mega fans <laughs> like like dave than have a thousand um just people that casually listen and don't don't actually you know maybe just listen to a few episodes and then and then drift off um hope i've got you for a while dave that's all i can say and thank you so much and 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 really also thanks for giving some love to tales in the loop that's an even less loved series even though it's a short one i think i i, I think i made a um not a mistake but like I, I i was trying something and it obviously didn't work it's obvious that the to me at least that the people that that listen to grizzly peaks radio come there for the horror they come there for for the cthulhu mythos for call of cthulhu game system perhaps and trying other things um maybe we will try other game systems in future and non-horror things but uh, my, my sense is that these won't be as popular but yeah i mean i i actually personally think that it was a great game and and um you know, I love putting all the music together. I, I'm going to have to be very careful now uh, about doing any more episodes with, with, you know, IP and rights and what have you. Um, uh, it's in sketchy territory, especially if I put anything up on Patreon, um, which tells them the loop isn't on Patreon. Uh, that, I think, would be uh, getting into murky waters. Let's put it that way. Um, so that will probably not happen. In, in, in at least in the form that, that it has been previously uh, you know if I do continue with Tales from the Loop um, I'm afraid it's going to probably have to be without the amazing 80s soundtracks which, which were partially the reason I love, I, I love putting them together so nah, we'll see we'll see but you know um, I think that's really about it for now um, I I won't be making another episode for a while now because actually, I, I, you know, we're coming to the end of our trip, and this was always part of the part of the thing I did when I was here in Palm Springs was was make episodes, um, put a few out because just felt like a good time to do it. Um, take care. See you soon. Come over to Grizzly Peaks Radio if you if you haven't heard any of the actual plays. That's where the real action is. We put out episodes weekly. We have a Patreon. Um, it's uh, uh, www.patreon.com forward slash Grizzly Peaks I think or is it Grizzly Peaks Radio I think it's Grizzly Peaks forward slash Grizzly Peaks um, you'd find it if you search for Grizzly Peaks on Patreon anyway and uh, yeah I, um, I wish you all good health and hope that the next Covid surge doesn't turn out to be a, uh, a killer one because um, what we perhaps all thought about the uh, increasing um, increasing benign, ben, ben, benignity 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 of of covid turns out to be a myth that it's completely random whether the strains increase or decrease in strength as a epidemic progresses towards a pan uh, a pandemic pr- progresses towards uh, an endemic um, uh, state so um, yeah stay safe everyone Hey Andy, uh, work got involved, so I, I couldn't finish my uh, my thoughts there. Anyways, music from the eighties. That's uh, that's. I was basically a, a teenager into my twenties in those days, and one of the cool things for me was my brother uh, lived in Germany and in the in England for a few years, a number of years, 
and he would bring me back these uh, tapes of music um, from those locations, like, you know, some of the in incredible bands. And I was getting music over here on the West Coast that no one had ever heard of. And so it was so amazing. I had to, like, you know, refix some of those cassettes and, and, uh, and retape them onto new tapes a number of times. It was just uh, amazing. That's definitely my time for music. So totally understand. Dave here again. So Tales from the Loop. Um, I, I can't say how much I love that, uh, what you guys have done with that one. Um, extremely nostalgic for me, uh, being, as I said uh, before, like a teen and in my 20s and the 80s. That was my heyday. Um, and the players with all their various family situations. Oh, my God. Um, that just brings it to me even more, like the immersive level just, uh, and to what my friends and just thinking about what we went through and well, for me personally, it was like my parents were Christian, and so they were on the anti-D&D bandwagon, big-time role-playing, you know, demon worship, et cetera, et cetera. So I had some times back then, I can tell you. Oh, my. Um, and, uh, okay. Okay, I got cut off. Um, I'd be more than willing to listen to unedited versions if that, works if you're too busy and I can un understand that because it's a it's a massive labor to edit this stuff um, uh, I have just an inkling of that because I've done a number of sessions for the, my boys D&D campaign and just the amount of audio and video that I've taken and just looking back it's like oh my gosh I if anybody was going to want to look at this it's uh well, I'm probably the only one, but still, if I, <laughs> I can't imagine going through all that. So I can totally understand where you're coming from, but Tales from the Loop, uh, double thumbs up from Dave. Cheers. Hey, Andy, Dave here. Uh, regarding episode, was it the real 32? <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thank you for redoing that one. Appreciate it. Um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Anyway, uh, I want to make this quick. Uh, the <laughs> interaction between Gwen and Zahara, Zahara, Zahara was fantastic. And the cliffhanger, oh my God. So can't wait for the next one. Got to go listen to it. Have a good one. Take care. Cheers. Uh, Dave here again. Sorry. Um, once again, uh, kudos on the music. Uh, you are doing a fantastic job of just the immersion level and the background music is just perfect. So keep it up. Really liking it. It's a game.